Break It Down, a ScanSource podcast brought to you by Cisco. On this podcast, we take complex tech topics and break them down for the non-tech listener with your hosts, Gabby, Ian, and Kyle. It is another edition of Break It Down, a ScanSource podcast brought to you by Cisco, Ian, Kyle, Gabby, all here. This is, I think, the earliest we've ever recorded a podcast in the day. We're getting serious now. Yep, yeah. I hope you guys have had coffee. I got some caffeine over here. Good. I'm ready to go. Good. Well, I hope you are. Uh, we're talking telecommunications part two. That's right. The remix edition. <laughs> Let's not remix too much. I don't know if I can keep up if we do. <laughs> We kind of teased this in the first part, but we wanted to go a little bit into the security side of this. And I think there's a lot of awareness as to the, when this goes wrong with spam calls and IRS scams and all sorts of things on that side. But then also, I was telling you before, I came across the word black hole and was intrigued as to what that meant. So I think there's some terms that we're going to get to that I don't necessarily know. So you're going to have to dumb it down today. Great. Well, that's the whole point in the podcast. There's a there's another cool one in here, which are supposedly acronyms. We can talk about it later. Stir and shaken, like okay. martinis. It's really interesting. Whatever the technology is interesting, but it's also interesting that shaken is sort of like a made-up acronym. We talk pop culture in these podcasts. For those of you that read the Bobiverse books, it's a really cool series of, uh, of sci-fi sort of books, apocalyptic. But uh, it, when we did the AI and machine learning episode, I think we referenced it then. But there's a theme throughout it where you can tell the marketeers are just forcing an acronym, on, forcing it to mean something so they could use a clever word. But yeah, so Ian, we talked in the first episode a good bit about the underpinnings of telecom and, and all the different systems required to make in place calls and video calls and faxes and all that stuff. And like you said, I think we tease the, how this could be misused and uh, the security elements of it. So I'm looking forward to getting into whatever you guys want to talk about today. So why don't we start with kind of, I think the most common piece of this, the spam calls that people get that your extended warranty is up or, you know, some of those. Gabby's already shaking her head. She's fired up over this, I think. <laughs> yeah, well, one of the things we talked about in the first uh, episode was how voice communications have evolved to voice over IP and the use of the internet and the move away from those physical central office, the switches, right? We talked about the old, old, old operator style switching where they were pulling plugs out of walls and plugging it in to make voice calls connect. Now we're now we're all doing it with ones and zeros on the Internet. So with the introduction of voice over IP, it has become just like we have talked in other uh, networking security podcasts. It has become a target for bad actors and misusers. So people call this robo calls, which I don't love that term. But that's the the spam calls, the automated calls everyone gets, and you answer it and you say hello. It's the hello, hello call, right? You say hello, and then there's this pause, and then you go hello, and then all of a sudden <laughs> goes, hi, is this Mr. Do It? I'm calling about your car warranty. So the 
hello, hello syndrome is being caused because they're using auto dialers. They just blast phone numbers. And if you answer live and say hello, they know you're there. And then they connect you with some person that's going to try to scam you or sell you something. So the the spam calls themselves, the reason that they are so successful today have been in the past is usually because they are spoofing caller ID. So it looks to you like it's a real phone call. And if you're in sales, you answer every phone call. That's a sale. If you're a little league volunteer and you have 500 families that need to talk to you, you answer every phone call. that looks like a local call. So they know that and they prey on that. So there's a lot of stuff that's going into place now to mitigate this. Yeah, I thought there was like laws about this. Yeah, it's very interesting. I say it's very interesting. So there's the do not call list, right? So that's the first one people go to. Like, I get all these spam calls. I'm on the do not call list. Why am I still getting all these spam calls? The do not call list is provided by the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission. The FTC is there to kind of prevent unfair business practices, And essentially, the do not call list is the phone version of unsubscribing to an email. You can go to the do not call list, which I did before the podcast, and I checked and it said, yep, you're on the do not call list and have been since 2004. Wow. It has not lessened the amount of phone calls I get, I promise you. But the FTC put this in place to allow consumers the ability to tell Sales organizations do not call me. I do not want a sales call from you, Macy's. I do not want a sales call from you, car dealership. However, the do not call list does not prevent somebody from calling you to do a survey, to ask who you're going to vote for in the next election, to ask how you're doing. <laughs> like, so they can still call, but if they call you, if you're on the do not call list and a business calls you, and tries to sell you something, they can be fined. And the fine is now up to like, I think I read $43,000 per call. So I'm picking on Macy's. I don't know why, but if Macy's were to call me and try to sell me something, all I have to do is go to the FTC and report it and they could be fined. So that's one thing. So there's that. And then there's, there's all this other stuff that is laws or regulations, Ian, that are trying to stop the people from actually using fake numbers. So there's another part of it too. So I don't know if this has happened to you. I've gotten a call from my own number before. And I've also gotten, this happens a lot now, I feel like. I get added to group text with people being like, stop calling me. And I don't know who these people are, but clearly my number is being used in call scams. Yep. Yeah. So I've got teenagers at home and somebody will prove it wrong. I could probably do a Google search and prove myself wrong, but I'm pretty convinced that there are no new phone numbers. Like we've probably assigned at some point along the way, just about every phone number. We got to be getting close if we're not, right? That's right. Yeah. I'm saying it out loud and I already know it's not true because I think I read the stat right before we did the first telecom one, but there are banks of phone numbers that are in reserve that we haven't even gotten into yet. But anyway, so my kids have mobile phones. And clearly the phone numbers that they've been assigned were used by other subscribers in the past. So they still get, I got two boys and one of them gets text messages all the time looking for Debbie. He ain't Debbie. Debbie. (laughs) Yeah. The thing that you're experiencing, Ian, is is a form of phishing. Let's, Let's call it what it is. It's a form of phishing. 
And if they know that you're there, again, if you respond to the text, they know there's a human being on the other end of that phone number, and you're now a potential target for a scam or a potential target for fraud. Glad I never reply. Yep. That's the best practice is block callers never reply. There's nothing we will ever do that will keep those from coming in. You can send a text message to any number you want to. That person has the right to block you or report it as spam, but it didn't keep it from hitting your phone. They know that. That's why they do it. I've never gotten a call from myself, though. I have once. It's jarring. It's jarring. Yeah. Was it Ian from the future? I, listen, <laughs> I was hoping so. It was not, but I was hoping so. <laughs> Unless I worked for an extended warranty company in the future. <laughs> so I'm going to ask this for uh, one of our co-hosts here. Does yelling help? <laughs> no, no. I, wa- I want to do a whole episode on emotion-based routing. I know Gabby likes to scream into uh, IVR systems to try to get a human being on the line, but... Just none of the options are what I'm looking for and very frustrating. <laughs> and the robot can never understand you. Maybe it's just me. <laughs> no, that's all contact center stuff. We definitely got to do an episode on that. I think that I think we'd geek out on that. All right. So that is one component of this. You also used the word sip trunking earlier, and I don't know what that means. So why don't we go down that road that you know, I don't have the map for where that is. So you can tell me where that town is, and maybe then we can go down that road. Sure. Yeah. So I don't think we got much into it in in podcast one, the first telecom, but phone calls coming into a building arrive on different mediums. So your home, at your parents' home, we used to have analog phone lines. They were copper lines and they had voltage running down it. We talked about this a little bit. Over time, that has evolved into voice over IP and voice over IP comes into your building on the same internet connection that you use to browse YouTube. There's a bunch of technology that goes into place at your business or at your home to prioritize that traffic so that your voice calls sound good and at the expense of the quality of your YouTube videos. So there's a bunch, a bunch, a bunch of technology in the telecom space that goes into delivering voice over the internet. SIP is the predominant voice over IP protocol right now, which is where that part comes into it. And trunk is just another word essentially for your voice connection, like a phone line. Trunk is sort of synonymous with phone line. So a SIP trunk is a method by which businesses will subscribe to voice services that then connect to wherever they are. Over the internet, it's all voice over IP related. And it becomes important in today's conversation around security because it's network traffic. And we've done lots of talking in podcasts and other places about network security. So now we have voice on our network and that's just as susceptible as our data. So the SIP trunk is just that that voice connection to home or business. It's probably an outdated term, but that that's just me showing my age. That's just where I All right. where I come from. That's fine. We're learning here. So yep. getting the kind of the third thing I wanted to talk about today is kind of security as a whole. So not just spam yep. calls, but security as a whole through telecom. So 
and maybe this isn't where you wanted to go, but I'm going to take us there. If I <laughs> get malware on my home computer, is my telecom not at fault, but like liable? Uh, boo, that's a tough one. So, <laughs> so probably not. Think of your telecom service the same way that we have talked about your traditional internet service or streaming video services. We talked about it in the edge compute episode, but the telecom themselves, the service provider themselves that's providing the voice service to you is responsible for the security of their infrastructure. And then they deliver to you a service. And usually that last mile of the service is something you own. So we can use some common proper nouns here. Ring central is a very large telecom service provider, they're not based in Greenville, South Carolina, but I could be a RingCentral subscriber and they have all the infrastructure. They have pops all over the place. They control the network quality, but the last mile is whoever my internet connection is at home and that's Charter. So they're two very different companies and Charter is responsible for the last mile into my, into my home. So if you have a breach, a network breach, as a business, it's not the liability necessarily of the telecom provider or your voice provider or your SIP trunk provider with a very large asterisk on that statement, which is it's all network traffic. So in order to get your voice traffic into your business, you have to make edge decisions on your network. Like you have to open ports in your firewall or you have to put a voice specific edge device like a session border controller at the edge of your business to do exactly that and to do exactly the protection that this new connection into your business requires so that you limit the attack vector for things like malware, DDoS attacks, any traditional network attack on a business, the more services you have inside that business, the more liability or, or the more risk you have of somebody finding a way in. So should consumers... Like, should I have a security appliance in my house since then it's kind of my own? You sort of do. Okay. So your cable modem or your DSL or what, whatever, whatever you have at home has some of that built into it already. It's sort of an all-in-one consumer device. And in that regard, your provider is 100% responsible because you're a consumer. You're a home subscriber you're not expected to have network security in your home. Now, we all do because we work in the industry. But Speak for yourself, man. <laughs> oh, no, Gabby's at risk. There we go. Well, I have a landlord and he provides my Wi-Fi. So oh. I don't get a choice of what we have. And that's why my internet goes out once every other day. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. All right. Well, that's, that's a whole separate conversation. Multifamily dwellings and network uh, architecture is concerning to me. Let's stay on topic. It's nine o'clock in the morning. Like, let's keep the smiles on our faces and not go down Gabby's <laughs> landlord path. <laughs> so I imagine this can only get more of like a prevalent issue. Like we're not suddenly going to stop having DDoS attacks and spam call. Like, I feel like it's only going to get worse, right? Like they're going to get more, like almost like 
we talked internet behaviors where like the technology is only getting better and more accurate with what it can do. So one, is that true? And two, can you quell my fear a little bit that we're going to yeah. be okay? Yeah. Well, the uh, stir and shaken things that I mentioned in the opener, that that's a way that the FCC is curtailing some of this misuse of phone numbers. And they passed this act called the Traced Act in April of this year. They launched what they call the robocall mitigation database and blah, blah, who cares? What they've done is told the service providers that they are now liable if a spam call gets through their network. Let's just say it that way. So if a spam call comes through their network, they are liable to be fined. The way they do that is the service provider themselves has to implement these technologies, the stir and shaken protocol, shaken protocol, which exists to authenticate and validate that the call is coming from where it says it's coming from, meaning the caller ID is actually the real subscriber that's placing the call. It's not a spoofed call. And service providers are now, like I said, they now have become liable if they allow that kind of traffic through their network. So we haven't talked about this much, and I don't know that we've got time or the interest to do it now, but your phone call traverses many different service providers as as it goes from place to place. Really? Yeah. No one service provider owns the entire voice network. So think about an international call. If you call from here to somewhere in Europe, you're likely going across multiple service providers and networks in order to terminate that call. Any mobile call does the same thing. You're going across 5G networks that are owned by different service providers, and each service provider has their own backbone, blah, blah, blah. Like I said, we don't, I don't want to get into all that now, but the, the point is any call traverses multiple service providers' networks, and now each one of those service providers along that hop or each hop along the way is required to have security in place to ensure that phone calls are coming, actually coming from where they say they're coming from. That went into effect June 30th of this year. And even the small service providers that might not be set up to do SIP trunking or to have a real voice over IP offers much less security for them, they still are required by the end of this month, by the end of September 2021, to have something in place to mitigate these types of calls. So that is a security deterrent that's in place to keep you from being scammed by somebody. Now, DDoS attacks, they're not going to go away. And so you mentioned black hole earlier. That's a network term. DDoS attack is distributed denial of service. The, I guess, simple description of what's happening there is anytime a network device sends a message to another network device, an acknowledgement happens. So there's a two-way communication. I'm sending you something. Great. I got it. It's two ways. The moment the great I got it acknowledgement message goes back, they know there's something they're listening. And denial of services attacks are malicious attacks on networks that are launched against devices that are there listening. They know it's there. So a bad actor is going to go, gotcha. I know there's a device there. Now I'm going to flood you with so much garbage data on your network that you won't be able to use your internet connection. So it can shut things down. It can shut down businesses because now they can no longer place calls or 
connect to their software in the cloud or whatever, because their edge devices are so overloaded with these attacks with all this network traffic. So the black hole method of addressing that is respond, but route the traffic into a black hole so it doesn't impact your, your network. So the bad actors are not getting any fewer in their desire to be annoying is not getting any less. They're going to continue to do things when they know that there's a, there's a prize on the other end. And sometimes you're the prize. Well, Gabby, sometimes Gabby's the prize. <laughs> sometimes uh, your data is the prize, whatever. So yeah, it's not, it's not going to get any fewer. And like I said earlier, the more things you have running on your network, like voice services, the more risk you have and the more responsibility you have to secure it. So my advice is don't answer. Don't respond to text messages. Don't answer phone calls that you don't know where they're coming from. Don't uh, respond to text messages. I don't even use unsubscribe links in emails because that is another way people know that I'm there. I do that a lot. Is that why whenever I unsubscribe, they still email me? And I'm like, isn't this illegal? Like, <laughs> You click unsubscribe, they give you the business like, well, we're going to unsubscribe you, but it might take 48 hours. And meanwhile, in the 48 hours, they're just giving your data to their sister companies or whatever. So they know you're there. You clicked unsubscribe. They know there's a human there. So yeah, I found better success sending them like creating a rule that just sends them all to trash because the unsubscribe doesn't work. Yeah, never, ever. If you get a spam call and the spam and you answer it and that you realize it's spam and you go oh no and then the message goes if you wish to no longer receive calls like this please press 1 never press 1 never press 1 they know you're there as soon as you do that so it's a big game that's for sure ian did we go down the black hole no i think we should end with that advice i think that's that's very salient helpful advice for all of us to remember so i appreciate it Kyle i feel better WebEx by Cisco is the leading enterprise solution for video conferencing, online meetings, screen share, and webinars. WebEx has one app for everything and everyone, with calling, meetings, messaging, and events in the cloud for teams of all sizes. WebEx is trusted by 85% of Fortune 500 companies and is adaptable for any work style, role, or device so you can choose when where and how you work. Reach out to evolve at scansource.com for more information on WebEx.